Ordinary Fellowship is a podcast inspired by the Puritan practice of godly conference or spiritual conversations among believers. These spiritual conversations will offer practical spiritual help for Christian living. I'm Jeremy Lee, and with me today, as always, is my friend and co-host, Matthew McLaughlin. Hey, Jeremy. Hello. Well, today, we're going to talk about resolutions, since it's that time of year that people are thinking about that, but specifically, resolutions to read the Bible more. We especially want to encourage people to read God's Word in the coming year, 2021. just want to start with passage about God's word, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 teaches us that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So God's word is valuable. We need to read it. We need to do more than read it, but <laughs> we, we definitely need to read it. Right. This passage points out four key things that it does. It teaches us, and this, I don't know, I know you know this, Matthew, <laughs> but sometimes that's my motivating factor for reading the Bible is because I have to know. Right. I want to know the truth. And so the Word of God teaches us the truth about God about ourselves and about the world we live in. And so we turn to it for that. But it also reproves and corrects us. And sometimes not so uncomfortably, or not so comfortably. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes the word smacks us upside the head. And we're sinners. We need that. We need this reproof, which is telling us we're doing wrong. We need the correction, which points us in the right direction. And the Word of God does both of these things. And then, finally, it trains us in righteousness. Uh, It teaches us what righteousness is about from God's law. It shows us that path. And by God's Spirit, we're enabled to live according to that. And so if we have God's Word, if we're taught, reproved, corrected, trained, then we'll have everything we need for every good work and our lives will bear the fruit of holiness and will bring glory and honor to Christ our Savior. And that certainly, uh, that is the desire for every Christian to live that way. And it, it's good to read books of the Bible, passages of the Bible, sections of the Bible, but we, especially this in this podcast, want to encourage you to read the whole Bible in a year. And uh, hopefully we'll show you that it's not as daunting as you may think it is. Before we do that, though, Matthew, I should ask you if you have any thoughts about that passage or just got the value of God's Word in general. I think that passage in particular does provide us a path for us to understand how our life should work and why Scripture is so valuable to our lives. Like you were saying, there's the the four-part plan. And even to say Jay Adams wrote a book, well, basically that four-part plan is an encapsulation of what counseling is. Mm -hmm. Doctrine, correction, reproof, instruction, and righteousness. Those four pieces. And so 
we must always come back to Scripture, not just as this book that I'm supposed to read or the temptation is, like you said, the temptation is for us to view Scripture as just knowledge, just stuff to learn. Yeah. But rather, it, we have to see it as how life needs to work. The, it's God's instruction manual. It's the way life works. So when your curb breaks down, hopefully, you pick up the instruction manual. You don't just start whacking stuff <laughs> and then look at the directions later. Because what ends up happening always is you realize that you, you missed a step, you skipped something, something went wrong when we don't look at the, the instructions. It's the same thing with Scripture, and it's what makes Scripture so incredibly valuable and why we should desire to spend time in it, not because the challenge that we'll talk about in a little bit, not just because we want to get a check mark and get something done, but because we endeavor to spend time with Jesus and in his word because we want to understand what he says so we know how to live our life. Right, and so, you know, it's instruction, it's about how to live our lives, but it also gives us a heart for God. Correct. And unfortunately, we all, you know, we tend to look at it as an, and it's not wrong to look at it as an instructional manual or for information to know the right things, but if it doesn't really change your heart, right then you're not reading it right. Correct. <laughs> right. My motivation should be because I love Jesus, I want to know more about him so that love deepens, not just because I'm supposed to do this so somebody thinks I'm a good person or a good Christian. Right. So you mentioned some of the challenges in, in reading the Bible in a year. Started to mention a specific one. What, what challenges are you thinking? Well, I think one of the challenges is what we've, just spent some little bit of time talking about that. The concept of I'm reading the Bible because I'm supposed to do it. So right. it, we, we turn it into drudgery. And probably what will end up happening is somewhere through the year we'll quit. Yeah. Because if we see it as drudgery, we see it as this thing we have to accomplish. That's one of the challenges. The other, another challenge. We, well, hold, yeah. hold off okay. before you get to the other challenge. Okay. I, I do agree that that's a, that's a, challenge but and we should be reading the bible because it's a our delight because right. it's a, a word from god it ought to be valuable in and of itself but you know uh, we all don't always have the m right motivation so one of the things that i would say about that challenge is it ought to be a delight but a lot of times people hear we shouldn't do you know, it becomes a drudgery, and a lot of times they hear, if it's drudgery, then just stop because right. it's not doing any good. Which isn't what you should do. Right. You should – it. it is a duty. We need to do it even if we don't feel like right. it. And what I find, especially in prayer time, is when I'm struggling to, because I it's a duty and I really don't have the right heart, in that prayer time, God changes my heart and, mm -hmm. and turns it into a delight. And no doubt the same thing will happen as we read God's Word, that he'll turn that drudgery into a delight. Right. And even if he doesn't, you still keep reading because it, it is your duty. Right. And and the delight will come with God's help. Right. And if it feels like it's drudgery, as you said, it's not that you stop, but you begin to question, okay, why does this feel like drudgery? Is there something in my thinking that needs changed. 
So, but I continue to do it because it's the, what, I, what I need to do. It's more of the challenge is making our mindset correct, not the action itself. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, part of what you're saying, I struggle with as far as having a checklist because I, I have a thing where you mark off the right. chapters. And sometimes I find myself just reading to mark off the chapters, and that's mm-hmm. not right. good. Right. And I have the same to thing. take a breath say, hold on. <laughs> right. It's not about completing a task because I'm very goal-oriented. Yeah. So. Right. And then you, the next right. chapter. Right. Well, another challenge that you someone might face is they know they're supposed to do it, but they feel like it's an incompletable task. It Because you look at the Bible, and honestly, it's probably one of the longest books anyone's going, most people will read. It's a long book. I mean, it's 66 books all put together, but it's a long book. And so that's where we'll talk about it later. We're having these plans or these ways to break it down into doable sections is valuable. Right. So. Um, another, I think, uh, struggle that we have sometimes is you read the Bible and you don't get anything out of it. I, I've heard that time and time again. They'll say, well, my pastor, when he preaches, has he can tell us all the stuff about the Bible, but when I read it, I don't get, all, I don't get anything out of it. And I, I think sometimes it, it's a problem of having the false ex, uh, wrong expectation, okay? Right. A, a lot of what you read in the Bible is history, and you need to know that so you can meditate on it. And, and that's likely what your pastor is doing. He's, he's spending a lot of time thinking on this one passage so and using study resources and all that kind of thing, that's why to put be positive. That's probably why he's coming up with this stuff. And then the other issue is some pastors, uh, when they preach, are just coming up with stuff like whatever God put on their heart when they read the passage, and that's what they're preaching. And uh, that's really not the way to preach. But this isn't going to be a show on preaching but so don't expect that grand and wonderful things are going to happen when you're reading Leviticus it's hard and and, but as you just like you were when you were in school and your teachers made you do stuff that you never thought you would use eventually some of this stuff started making sense and as you read God's word, some of the stuff will start making more sense. Um, you know, the first time I read through Leviticus, I was going cross-eyed. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many chapters do you devote to talking about spots on people's houses? It, it's tough going sometimes. <laughs> yes, it is. But the longer I read the Bible, the more I think how valuable Leviticus is. Um, so some of it's just plowing through and learning it and giving time to think about all the connections throughout Scripture. And as you grow in your understanding, that's where some of those insights will really come. Yeah, I think it goes back to one of the articles we talked about in one of the blogosphere briefings, just that the idea that I just, the doing is as valuable as the 
supposed grand insights that I'm going to find. It's that the duty of delight and just doing it is valuable whether I realize it or not. So you can go back and listen to I think it was on the um, first blogosphere briefing. We talked about an article about that. So those are some of the challenges you or we have when it comes to reading the Bible through in a year. But Jeremy, you wanted to talk about the confession. The confession says... Yes, it has some... The London Baptist Confession. So whenever Matthew and I say the confession, it's always the Baptist Confession of, uh, from London in 1689. So uh, <laughs> it, it has some helpful things uh, that I think we need to know as we think about reading the Bible in a year. The first article, paragraph 7, it says this, All things in Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear unto all. Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed and observed for salvation, are so clearly propounded and opened in some place of Scripture or other that not only the learned, but the unlearned in the due use of ordinary means may attain to a sufficient understanding of them. So what this is telling us is that all Scripture isn't equally clear, okay? Some of it is more difficult than other passages of Scripture. But the things that we need to know and believe in order to be saved are clearly propounded in different passages of Scripture that can be understood by both the learned and unlearned in the due use of ordinary means. And that all that means, the due use of ordinary means, is praying for, hope, for help by the Holy Spirit, reading the Word, studying it, comparing Scripture with Scripture, asking your pastor or friend who may know more about the Bible than you for help, reading commentaries that are available free online, things like that. Those are the meditating on it, things like that. That's the due use of ordinary means. So that means anybody can understand this, the parts of Scripture that are teaching us how to be saved. There are some difficult passages of Scripture, um, and they're going to be hard, hard to deal with and hard to work through, and theologians have been arguing about those for years and years. But, um, and it's okay to ask for help on those kind of things. Right. Um, Right. I, the, that reminds me of a quote by a man named Robert Mounts who says that the Bible is the only book in which children can wade into its waters, yet deep-sea divers cannot reach the depths. What he's meaning is, one, the things that are, need to be easily understood can be easily understood. But you never exhaust the information and the knowledge and the life change that you can re reap out of scripture. Yeah. But yeah. I when I was when I was a pastor, I often had people, you know, when you're teaching one of those difficult sections would say, "You're making it too complicated. The Bible's so easy a child could understand it." And I I, I just laughed to myself because Peter says in one of his letters that Paul's letters are hard to understand. So, um the Bible itself says that there's some parts that are hard to understand. And, and yet, the, these same people who would say, 
the Bible so easy to understand a child could read it. Don't read it. Why? Because they can't understand it. It's too yeah. hard. <laughs> This what I'm suggesting from the convention is a more balanced. Right. Yes, there are difficult passages, but what you need to know in order to be saved and live a holy life are clearly explained in God's Word. If you will just read it, study it, seek help from your pastor or other Christian friends, look at commentaries, you will be able to understand them. Right. I mean, this that leads to a, a theological idea called illumination. Yes. So basically what illumination says is that as the Holy Spirit provides insight and understanding into things. So that's one of the things. There are things that as we grow, as we spend time reading Scripture, things that we didn't used to understand will make more sense. And the reason why that happens is because the Holy Spirit illuminates him. Dia that he turns the light on in the room and now you can see things that you missed because it, it felt like you were in the dark. Yes. And these things go together. And the Bible actually says this. Paul says in the letter to Timothy, the second letter to Timothy in chapter 2 in verse 7, think over what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So it's not, it's not thinking and um, listening to the Holy Spirit as if they're in competition. Right. They work together. You, you don't throw off thinking and just look for the Holy Spirit's guidance. Those are wrong, unbiblical approaches. You need to think and seek the Spirit's help. Right. Those are really important. So now that we've talked through some of the rationale behind reading scripture let's talk practical a little bit what are some ways that you can approach reading the bible through in a year there's several ways and we'll try to share them on facebook uh, for you uh, when this podcast airs we'll share the things for you but there's there's lots of ways to read the bible through my the way that i do it is i read canonically so the order that they're in in the Bible, I start at Genesis and read through to Revelation. That's the way, that's just the way I prefer to do it. And uh, Denny Burke has an excellent, excellent way of doing that, and that's usually what I use. Now he has some newer things that he's trying to do that don't really make a lot of sense to me, but we're, we'll share some of the older ones. You can also read it chronologically. And they actually have Bibles that are, everything in it is in chronological, and I say chronological in quotes because sometimes it's really, we really don't know when these things happened, and so they're doing their best to put it together. But you can, you can literally buy a Bible that is in chronological order and has all the passages in that order. Um, but there's also, you can find lists of chronological readings in, in order to read the Bible. Another way of doing it, and this is a really popular in the past, Robert Murray McShane's, uh, you're, you'll be reading part of the Old Testament, a psalm, uh, and part of the New Testament in your Bible readings throughout the year. And by the end of the year, you'll have read through all of Scripture, and I think psalms, and Proverbs several times. Uh, 
I'm not like I said. I'm a, I like to read uh, canonically straight through from Genesis to Revelation. Um, I get too confused if I have to do multiple readings. <laughs> so, and I've never tried reading chronologically through uh, that. For whatever reason, that never really appealed to me. But those are all, all ways that you can read the Bible through in a year. Honestly, I'd suggest if you've never read the Bible through in a year and that sounds too much for you, read the New Testament. So, just as an example, if you're going to read through the Bible in a year, it doesn't matter which of those three methods you use, you're basically going to be reading three to four past chapters a day. Most of the time, that's going to take you 15 to 30 minutes to read through. So it, it's, not a, it's not a big time commitment, 15, 30 minutes a day. I mean, sometimes when you get to the Gospels, there are some chapters that have 70 verses, and uh, those are long. But it's generally three to four chapters a day. If you read the New Testament, you can read the New Testament a couple times in a year just by reading one chapter a day. And there, I don't have any, I think Denny Burke has a reading the New Testament through in a year, so maybe we can share that. But So if it's too daunting for you to even think about reading the Old Testament, read the New Testament. That That's a good good place to start, and then maybe next year... If you're successful at reading the New Testament, then you will you might try reading the whole Bible the next year. Yeah. Is there any other sources or things you know of, Matthew? I found Tim Challey talked about he was doing what's it's called the five-day plan. So you basically read for five days and you get two days off. So it yeah. ends up being, I think, about somewhere between five, four to six chapters a day and like three days a week, you throw a psalm in as well. So that's what I was. That's what I'm doing this year. But there's an app. I know I have that on my phone. You can download it from I think Android or or Apple. That it has all the plans. You can set it up. It'll tell you the reading, so you can put the dreaded check check marks next to it when you're done. I mean, it <laughs> even has the ability you can sync it to what version of the Bible you want to read. So it's all there. So that would be another resource yeah. that there's you could tons have. of resources. And there's, right, there's tons of resources. Our encouragement is just to find a plan that works that you can do and do it. And to, like Jeremy said, if it seems daunting, then just read the New Testament, or literally just pick one book of the Bible and just start and read. Yeah. And then build from there. So but, but that that's true. If you're not reading at all, I want you to read it at least right. some. Right. But I really want to encourage people to read right, large, the whole, the whole Bible. We right. need to read the whole Bible. Right. And there's even reading plans that will take you through the Bible in two years. Right. I mean, just search. Right. If any of these sound good to you, search the Internet, Google it, and uh, you'll you'll find a plan that will be able to fit into your time frame and your ability to be able to read the Bible. Right. So we've talked about the importance of trying to read the Bible through in a year. But let's spend a little bit, a few minutes, talking about one other idea. And that is, so how do I, what's the next step? I guess some people would view it in steps. So that's like the entry step. We want to read the Bible through in a year and the reason so we can get, we can see the whole picture. We can get the grand view of Scripture, the drama of Scripture. 
So if someone wants to, they want to do that, but then they want to spend more time, what are some things they can do to spend more time in the scripture besides just trying to read it through in a year? Well, that's a question I didn't really think about. Well, I'll, I'll let you think for a second. One of the things you can do is you can try to, you can pick a book of the Bible and you can journal through it. You can write questions. You can think. One of the things I would encourage you to do is when you go to Scripture, go to Scripture with a set of questions. Go with the idea being, what's the lesson? What's the principle? What is it that this passage of Scripture is seeking to teach me? And then answer the second question, which is, what does that look like in my life? And if you spend the time, as you read passages, you'll find principle output principle. Do the best that you can to walk over with at least one. This is the principle. This is what the Bible said, and then this is what it looks like in my life. Yeah. And I guess in thinking about it, I would say if there's a, you know, as you're reading, you know, make sure you read your assignment, and if you have more time, dive deeper in it. Take, take the time to work through it. I'm thinking like the letter of Romans. Make sure you understand Paul's argument in that letter. Right. He's making an argument. One of the things that I think a lot of people misunderstand is they think the Bible, the whole Bible is like Proverbs, where it's these short, pithy statements that like give you inspiration through the week. But that's not what the Bible is. So <laughs> the letter of Romans is Paul is making an argument, He's, and you need to be able to follow that argument. But that brings up a good point that we should probably talk about just as you spend time is to understand that the Bible is made up of several different genres. Yeah. So, like Jamie was talking about, Romans would be in a genre called an epistle. It's a letter. One of the things for you to think about doing is take those letters, so the, what Paul wrote, and then Peter and John and James, those letters, and spend some time, read them the whole way through in one sitting. That would be an extra thing you can do. And then you get, it's easier to understand the whole flow of the argument. But they also have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the Gospels. The Gospels are different than the Epistles. And then you have, Jeremy's already mentioned, in the Old Testament, you have Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, which are poetry, wisdom literature. You have the narratives. You have the history. So, And when you understand what the book is trying to accomplish, what its purpose is, it changes how I read it. I think it's good for us to know that there are different genres of Scripture and how I read them are a little bit, have to be a little bit different. Hopefully one of these, in a future episode, we'll talk more about the genres of Scripture. You, what else are you going to say, Jeremy? To change the subject a little bit, I think as we wrap up, one of the things that we need to talk about is how to help people make it through Leviticus. Right. <laughs> yeah. And... So there's there Leviticus is the place where Bible reading plans go to die. Yes, they do. Levi Leviticus is definitely a hard book. There's other places as well. In Genesis, you get all these. In the King James Version, it says, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and there's these long lists. The first chapters of Chronicles is nothing but these lists. Mm -hmm. um, there's several places in the Bible where that happens. I would say don't be ashamed if you skip those. Right. Because here, here's the thing. I'm not saying they're irrelevant or unimportant, but I've been studying the Bible for a long time, and like 
Ezekiel's temple vision, I still have no idea what's going on there. So, <laughs> I mean, I try to read it, but I still can't make heads or tails of it. So, mm-hmm. what all I'm saying is, it's not that Ezekiel's temple vision is unimportant. It all Scripture is inspired of God and is profitable. Is the passage I read at the beginning, uh, but some of it is more obviously profitable than others. And especially if this is your first time through and you're feeling the weight of reading all this and you're feeling like giving up, I think it would be better to skip some passages than to give up altogether. Right. And even if you get far behind, just pick up in the next book and move on. Don't, don't give up. Right. So if we come back to then, so how do we help the listener understand when as they read why Leviticus matters. Well, I think that I honestly don't think we have time. Well, to I talk agree with that. that but, I mean, the the point of Leviticus is the holiness of the Lord right. and the holiness of God's people. Um, it's really about our God's people's sanctification and being holy. I think that's a good yeah. summary sentence. And so, when you as you understand that. One of the ways you can keep that thought in your mind, this is about God making his people holy. And that then helps you as you seek to read it when you understand that. So then you understand why he's spending all this time talking about spots. Right. And and the genealogies are important too. I I was actually just thinking about this because of Christmas and Matthew's gospel opens up with the genealogy. Genealogies are really important uh, because... God made promises to a family. And so you have to, or families, because he made promises to Abraham. Then he made promises to David and to the priests. And you have to be able to know who you're related to on whether these are becoming fulfilled or not. Right. So they're important in the whole story of the Bible, and that's why they're in there. Again, I just want to reiterate, I'm not saying these are unimportant, but they aren't as profitable as some other sections may be, at at least obviously profitable. Right. I I think the way you can look at it is it goes back to what we were talking about before. There's profit in them, but that profit takes more work, and it takes more understanding of other things. There's... It's like college-level class. You have to understand the basics before you can understand that, before it really makes sense as to why it's there. But once you see it, it's so amazing to see. Give give it five years of reading the Bible through, and Leviticus might suddenly go, wow, I never realized that. Right. (laughs) So, anything else, Jeremy? No, I I just... The bottom line, I guess, I want to say is I just want to encourage people to read God's Word. The point of these conversations that Matthew and I have is to help you to grow in godliness. The purpose of reading God's Word is so that you would grow in godliness. There's nothing really you can do that would more help you to grow in godliness than to make a habit of reading God's Word and to read all of it and know it, to believe it, to love it, and, uh, and to live by it. Right. I think that's a good word for us to finish this 
year of our podcast on. So we thank you for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship, which is a ministry of Two Rivers Community Church. For more information about Two Rivers, you can find it at www.tworiverscc.org. Please send us your comments or questions or even the dreaded hate mail to ordinaryfellowship at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook at Ordinary Fellowship. We thank you again for listening to this episode of Ordinary Fellowship where we strive to have spiritual conversations for practical Christian living. Mm -hmm.